we 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 started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. start. She already did the clap already. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole, and I am your producer and host. So Vice has this running series on their website titled This Is How I Have Sex and I Love It. They often feature really interesting stories on love and intimacy from a varying pool of really interesting members of society. There was this one particular one about this US Marine and how he had lost the entire lower half of his body in a landmine accident and afterwards how he struggled with matching the sex drive of his able-bodied wife because he no longer had the same physical stamina that he had before. And then he often had to take enhancers to maintain his erection. I think it made me reflect on the stories of persons living with disabilities in our part of the world. Cue's sad music, you know the drill. The way persons living with disabilities are portrayed in our media is often really sad. It starts off with a tragic backstory, the struggles and challenges they face on a day-to-day basis, concern from their parents or caretakers about their dependency and their future. And it's all really valid. I really, really enjoy listening to these stories. I think they invoke a lot of emotion in me. But I think we've gotten to a point where you can almost hear the sad music as I'm relating this to you. And then one day, our friends over at the popular video series Can Asme told us that they were doing a special episode featuring persons living with disabilities, which is premiering in mid-September by the way, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But anyway, I then came across this disabled model by the name of Fatima Zora. She's an advocate for persons with disabilities, feminism, and an all-round amazing individual. She introduced me to her good friend Liang Le, and the two were interested in sharing firstly their story with me about how they grew up as able-bodied individuals and were now living with a disability, and to discuss this really interesting aspect that they felt was also missing in mainstream media, that persons with disabilities can be in a loving, committed relationship. This is their story. My name is Zara. I'm 23 years old. My full-time job is being a program manager for an inclusive running club. And other than that, I'm like an advocate for people with disabilities and mental health. I am Liang Le. I am 29. I uh, What I do for a living is I run my own e-commerce business. Uh, I teach at two universities, uh, Murdoch University and SIT. Uh, as well as I'm also a student, I'm currently uh, pursuing my ACCA certification. I want to know a bit more about your story and about your disability. So if you guys can just take me through how the experience was like. So for me, I have a spinal condition where I have an extra blood vessel in my spine. So the first time it ruptured was when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And that was back when I was in JC. The moment it ruptured, I became completely paralyzed neck down. So I recovered from that. And I went back, I took my A-levels, I went to NTU. Then it happened again and again. The relapse kept coming. Until uh, I had one big relapse in 2012 mm. where I was completely paralyzed. I couldn't move anything for nine months. So prior to any of this, I was like perfectly normal. I didn't even know I had any condition of any kind. Then uh, eventually after 
after that nine months of complete immobility, I recovered again. And this time it took even longer. It took me three years before I could walk again. Mm. And after that, they actually finally did find a cure for my condition. I went for the operation and I became paralyzed again the third time. So um, after that, I had to drop out from um, university and uh, pretty much recover. And it took quite some time. And uh, when all that, all the dust was settled, then I actually went back to study again. Mm. But um, going through this whole ordeal, it was a eight-year-long experience. And uh, it has its ups and downs. But um, the, the good thing about it is that my condition is finally stable. That's the compress. The long Eight years compression it. into 20 seconds. <laughs> yes. Okay. Isara. I always get inspired every time I hear her story. I know. And I'm like, wow, I couldn't do it. Mine is a lot more different from hers. When I was 20 years old, I was involved in a car accident. So we ended up hitting a tree head on and I like flew, I guess, from the back seat up, up front and ended up breaking my spinal cord. So the level of injury was extremely high. It was C6, C7, which is on my neck. So I think I was instantly paralyzed, like neck down. But we didn't even know that it was like a neck injury. We assumed that because I cut my head open too, Mm. So everyone thought it was just like a head injury, but mm. I ended up breaking my spine and I was just paralyzed and there was like no going back. Um, doctors actually told me that I could walk in six months. Three years down now, I know and finally accept that I might like never be able to walk again because my level of injury is way too high. And it's actually going to be like my live day on Thursday, which is basically like, I mean, the day I met with an accident three years ago. Hmm. So I'm going to be celebrating three years. What are you going to do to celebrate? Um, Do everything I could not do two years ago and the year before that. Because like, I guess I'm grateful to just be here now. Hmm. I like that how so even you're, as you're just, seeing it so positively. Like it's like No, I do. I, I actually, it is like a rebirth because I guess like I was supposed to be dead, but mm-hmm. I didn't die. I mean, mm-hmm. I survived that 10 hour surgery that my parents were told that, you know, you might like, she might never come out of that surgery, but I did. And I guess that's why anyone with a spinal cord injury will celebrate something like a life day, which mm. is, yeah, like a rebirth, I guess. Mm. What was that transition like for you guys to living with a disability? Because I know you guys were both born able bodied right? I used to model before my accident and I was also like an athlete. You know, when you model, you can move around freely. Mm-hmm. Like you move your body in whichever way you can and then... You could shoot like hours straight and not feel tired. But now it's like doing this very simple task could take me like 20 minutes and I'm exhausted. I'm like done for the day. So like going through the change of being all those things and then suddenly just stuck to one chair. I think it just having to accept this has taken me months. I don't think... I've still accept, 
accepted, you know, that mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to have to live for the rest of my life. But a lot of people like her, she was actually the first person that like motivated me to like wear makeup again. I would just be in like the ugliest clothes and I <laughs> didn't like dressing up. So then she asked me to just like not care about the world and just like start getting ready and like looking good for myself and when I started that I was like I guess I slowly started like being okay with who I am but I guess sometimes when I still look at my body I don't like it I hate it it's like I hate it because like every time I think about who I could have been with that body it would hurt me but regardless I'm I'm trying to be kind to myself and like my new body too. Mm. So yeah, I guess. Actually, my for me is the biggest change came during the the second time I was paralyzed. I was completely paralyzed for nine months. Um, it was the darkest period of my life. Before that, I was uh studying at NTU. I was still very active, and even before that, um, before the first time it happened, I was. In JC, I was in the school bowling team. I was very active. And starting just having to lie on the bed for like nine months, completely immobile, completely like lost everything. So when I started to recover, this my entire mindset changed. My perception of like the body, about life completely changed. My motivation became like, if there's anything I can do to like... um be more mobile a bit, be more active a bit. Anything that can help me improve, I'll do it. Mm. It felt like a miracle that after nine mm. months completely immobile, that you started to move. So I, I, it, it's very motivating that um, to think that I would actually one day be more independent because before that, even feeding, everything, I had to depend on someone else to do it for me. So... Being able to gain even such just like very simple um uh independence like feeding brushing my teeth uh, it it made me very happy mm. because it it is really it felt terrible having to depend on someone else mm. for me, I still need to depend on most of my tasks because like I'm a quadriplegic and like extremely limited hand function. So I think the only thing I can do is I've mastered how to put makeup. Yeah, I, I was going to say makeup looks amazing. excellent. I can, it's very different the way I apply it. Yeah. But somehow both my hands work, work around and I can do it. I, yeah, so I guess it's, it's having to relearn everything. Mm. It's like I'm a kid. And makeup better than me. <laughs> okay, that's the only thing I can do completely. I'm confident I can do it. Mm. But otherwise, there's so many things I can't do. And I, like you asked, what was like the breaking point for me to change? For me, I still struggle. Mm. Like to be very honest, I think it's it's very real. Like I could be like extremely happy and like doing all these great things. But then one day, there's going to be that bad day where like, yeah. I don't want to do this. Yep. But then I guess if you make it through that one day, there's going to be a lot more good days. So I guess you just learn to live with it. Mm. I'm still learning. I don't know. I'm new to this. Mm. So Okay. I I do still also want to t- 
touch on the idea of like how you guys like transition. I think for people who were who grew up, you know, with living with a disability, right? It's that one life that they knew. But for you guys, there's this level of adjustment, this level yeah. of change that you have to take on because it's like from it's really like what you're saying just now. Right? It's like rebirth, something yeah. that you knew before, and then completely changing. To yeah, something. I think it's it's very different because we know what it's like yep. living in an able body. Exactly. We know what it's like to be active, to run. Yeah, we know what all of that feels like. So now when we are disabled mm. or we this has happened to us you know what it feels like it feels like okay say i'm in my house and my neighbor's having a party and then you're looking through the window but like it's like it's a party you can't go to you know it's like mm. how do i explain that mm. but like no i feel you i hear yeah, you yeah you you want to go but you can't, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, to you, I have a very different perspective on that transition. So, uh, following your analogy um, of looking at other people at your party, I acknowledge that there are people having a party next door, but I'm having my own party. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I don't mean the party. No, no, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but being in... Uh, what I meant is like they're, they're having um, their life in their own able body. Yes. Whereas for me, I'm looking at what I have physically, everybody has a different body and uh, you just try to work with what your body can give you. Yes. Because everybody's um, physical body has a certain limit. Like even if I were to tell Nicole to go, 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 go lift up something like really heavy, she won't be able to do it. But is she disabled? No. Mm. If I were to tell you to, to, mm. to, to lift up like, like something like no, what I'm is light to her, it. Yeah, I Me mean, it's like, it, it's a comparative <laughs> thing, it's relative. But I, I, do like, I do like that because like, it seems, it doesn't seem as if it's like a disabled versus like able. It seems yeah, more like rather a it's spectrum. Like, yeah, right but rather like, everyone has their own limit. Yeah. It's, uh, rather to me, it's like you have to acknowledge your limit and work within um, like what your body can give you. Mm. I, I can still hang out with uh, friends, go on uh, holidays. That was like pre-COVID. Like, I mean, we, uh, uh, me and my friends, we actually still went on vacation together. So I thought that was like a um, really positive spin to what I thought will, would be actually very challenging. Okay, where, where did you go? Uh, Maldives to really? Port Dixon. Yeah. You went to Maldives? Yeah. I want to go to Maldives. I want to go to Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to go in December, but looks like the summer. Yeah, I know. I, I, I wanted to go to Taiwan, but um, looks like it doesn't seem like any of the flights are leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's so that's really cool that you managed to like still enjoy. Yeah. But most of the time, I have to bring uh someone who could help me with my needs. Like, usually, it would be my sister. Mm. Yeah, having six siblings is like a great advantage. That's probably the only reason why I, I do everything that I used to do before because I have like five brothers. So it's like very convenient. Yeah. Like one brother to carry me, yeah, five one brothers. brother to do, make me wear my shoes, one to do my hair. They do all of it. <laughs> like when, when I go to a party, there's like one brother straightening my hair, one brother helping me with the shoes. All of that. And the craziest thing I think I did last year, and I'm glad I did, is for New Year's, I ended up going to Santosa, you know, the most 
mainstream parties. Yes, I know we're happening. <laughs> mainstream, I wouldn't go there. Wait, otherwise. wait, is it the count, like the countdown? Yeah. So, so can you happening. believe it? Yeah, I've never so been. Like, so yeah, my during the countdown, my brothers like carried me straight up. We went into the foam. There's a lot of foam, so one brother carried me in each hand. So yeah, might have fallen, might have ended up bad, but yeah, it was good. So. I do all these things. I experience all of it because, like, I have a very supportive family mm. who I want to be everywhere where people wouldn't expect me to be. So that one day, like, it becomes normal for just everyone in wheelchairs to be around doing everything able-bodied people would be doing. Before, I was very ignorant too. Like before my accident. I didn't know much about disabilities. Mm. I I had no idea. So like. If an able-bodied person doesn't know anything now, I understand that. That's why I want to educate the public. I'm not saying like, hey, you know, you you don't know anything. It's like even I was like that. Yeah, I actually went through that before also because um uh usually people will be like um what what I is the politically correct term? Yeah, even I didn't know about it myself. I didn't know that 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 uh that um some people get sensitive with being called wheelchair bound. Yeah, the right term is like wheelchair user. Yeah, I do want to ask a bit also about your experiences with able-bodied individuals like us. Right? Did you encounter any experience where people were rude or did unsolicited or unwarranted things to you? Because I mean. I'm quite sure there. Of course. Oh yeah. my god. All the time. Every every taxi ride, every other MRT ride, you bump every into time. some um um self-righteous good Samaritan who want to give you a piece of their advice which is completely unwarranted, unsolicited. Interesting like what? Like like what? Oh I've 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 got like um uh all those like tradition traditional medication. Yeah. Um Everything from acupuncture to tweena to even like homemade cream they make make in their kitchen, mm-hmm. and, and usually I would just like ignore them. Yeah. yeah, she. I think just the last time I met her, we spoke about this, and for me, when they come to me, I don't know how to like say no. I don't want to talk to you. Mm. I don't know, so I listen to them and like I. I bear the whole ten minutes speech from anyone, but I guess I'm okay with that. But like we have. People who make like rude comments too mm-hmm. when they, like, when I'm going to work, I've had random people come to me and ask me where am I going, and then when I say work, they're like, "You're going to work?" Wow, like you know, they're so shocked and surprised. Like, mm-hmm. oh, disabled people go to work. They're like, "Oh yeah," and like just keep yourself busy, you know. I think that's the most ridiculous one. I mean, you you're looking at the percentage of like the disabled people. Going back to work being like very very low in Singapore compared to uh other first world developed countries. I I really don't understand if, I mean in Singapore um we are a very accessible nation mm-hmm. and it's not like we're gonna use our feet to type on the computer. Mm-hmm. So there's still a a very strong resistance against um hiring people who are disabled because they feel like they'll be less capable, they'll be like um less productive, and. My whole point is, no, we don't work to keep ourselves busy, you know. We work because, like, we, we have ambitions and dreams yep. too. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think that comes off as very rude. It's like, hey, you know, so many people, I mean, if it was one person, I get it. But I get 
I get this from a lot of people whenever I'm going to work. You, like, if I'm an able-bodied person, would would you just randomly approach me and ask me to talk about my trauma? No, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so when, like, somebody just suddenly comes to you and they're like, what happened to you? It's like, oh, you're just suddenly, you're question. like, would you ask an able-bodied person about their trauma all of a sudden? I'm a yeah, stranger and, and to you. Yeah, on public transport. Yeah, mm. so, like, be a bit kinder and I'm willing to tell you about it. Like, but don't just come to me with a question like, you know, you're asking me to talk about my trauma. That's going to be very hard for me. So I guess there's a lot for people to learn. Yeah. And like disabled people, like, I mean, hey, you're not going to get married straight up to my face. I was oh, like, my God. Okay, you're being very rude. Oh, my God. I just smiled away at her and I was I like... I mean, I had a guy come up to me. I thought, oh, oh you're, you're lucky you won't have kids because now... Wow. Now- <laughs> That's their fucking rule. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know. I just like, laugh like, it off How now. you know I'm not going to have kids? I was like, why is this got kids? Why are you telling me that? Yeah. But yeah, people are very rude. Yeah. I have like very funny things like this. Even there was this one day, uh, I was at a bar with my brothers. And then this this guy just approached me and he's like, wow, you're very good looking for someone in a wheelchair. And I'm like, okay, so are you trying to tell me that disabled people can't can't be pretty, can't be beautiful? I think that's very rude. Did you say that to him? Yeah, I said it. I'm very direct because like that shouldn't be a compliment. Like you telling me that, hey, you're like too good looking to be in a wheelchair is rude because it's like you're like, I don't know, that's very rude. You, You can't say that. Because yeah, like disabled there's people, there's a lot of stigma around. Um, yeah, disabled people. Okay, like you're not supposed to be working. Mm. Like uh, you're not you're, supposed to be yeah. dating. You're not supposed to have a boyfriend. You're not supposed to look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're disabled. It's so like weird. disabled people can't look good. I mean, wow. We're taking a short break. Something private is a podcast produced by VFM. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts to get notified when we drop our episode every Tuesday evening, Asia-Pacific time. This episode on finding love in your 20s on a wheelchair is made in collaboration with our friends over at the popular video series, Can Ask Man by OGS. As part of their long-awaited new series that's finally premiering this September, they will be sharing stories of persons living with disabilities, from individuals with cerebral palsy to amputees about questions that you guys have always wanted to ask but felt unsure if you could ask them. Can Ask Mare will be back mid-September, so head over to Our Grandfather Story on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube to find out more. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our friends at Will & Well, an inclusive fashion label that specialises in creating clothes to meet the needs of all types of persons. We're all born a little different, but for some of us, these differences can make things like buying clothes a really big challenge. Will & Well designs clothes with a forethought of the physically disabled and provides customization services for any sort of dressing challenges. This year, they launched their campaign titled Be The Difference to help link up benefactors with beneficiaries. Whether you want to be a sponsor or if you know someone with a disability that needs their products or services, head over to willandwell.com forward slash pages forward slash be the difference to find out more. 
or simply look for the link in our episode description. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or on Facebook at somethingprivate or drop me an email at nicole at somethingprivate.fm if you want to chat. Now back to the episode. Let's talk about misconceptions. Okay, I think one very big misconception and one very big question that I'm guessing you guys probably have heard a lot is can disabled people have sexual relationships? Yes, they can. Yep. I think everyone can have sex. I think it's just that everyone thinks disabled people can't have sex. Mm. And why is that so? I have no idea. <laughs> General stereotype. Like I say, if you don't think about it, that prejudice is there, that stereotype is there. If you don't revisit all these biases, you just take with whatever you uh, see on TV. Like, for example, I told you, like, media, they never portray, like, disabled people have in a relationship mm. or in a intimate relationship. So you just, that stereotype is something that most people just grow up with. I think there's even the misconception that disabled people can't have kids. Mm. And there are so many disabled people who have kids mm. who are like pregnant on wheelchairs and have kids. And, and it's amazing, I guess. Um, initially, when I, I became a wheelchair user, I also thought that hey, pregnancy is not possible. Mm. It's possible. Yeah, so after when I actually like revisit this bias I had, even after I was on a wheelchair, and I actually asked my doctor, wheelchair cannot, cannot have baby, right? And then uh, doctor, doctor, my doctor actually laughed at me. He said, okay. why not? Just go ahead. La. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to get pregnant now? Uh, you, you also can. Then. Yeah. I mean, and my I mean, doctor told me that. If you're talking about like physiology of it, right? Technically, yeah. like if you are paralyzed waist down, right? It doesn't affect. It does not do anything yeah. to, to your ovaries. Nothing. Yeah. Th- okay. That's my question to like the able-bodied people. Like, I have an injury. It didn't do anything to, you know, like... The insides, right? Yeah, yeah, it didn't do anything to that. It just did something, broke my neck, yeah. I'm paralyzed, but everything else Yeah, the still anatomy works, is still there. You know? yeah. It yeah. still works, yeah. so I can do the same things mm. an able-bodied person can do, except differently. Mm. And I think it all comes down to if I want to do it, how I want to do it, and who I want to do it with. Mm. So it's a question of that. It's like, we all can do it, but do I want to do it? Mm. I like that you went on that because my next question was going to be, yeah. what have both your experiences with dating been like? After, I've not dated anyone after my injury. It's just three years, but I don't know about you. Oh, my entire dating experience happened after because my uh, injury happened when I was 17. Nothing mm-hmm. happened before 17. I actually explored uh, dating a lot even during the 8 years where I was in and out of hospital yeah, yeah so I did explore a lot I did have a few flings here and there but because my condition wasn't stable so I did not have any serious relationship uh, before that mm-hmm. so um, after uh, my operation and my condition stabilized and uh, he, he, he's a guy I actually know for 10 years so over the years we just had a casual friendship so right after my operation my um now ex-boyfriend actually asked to uh, whether I want to be his girlfriend. And I go like, yeah, sure. Um, we see how it goes. But um, uh, eventually it did not work out. Be- because um, the first two times I was paralyzed, I recovered and I could walk again. Mm-hmm. So he thought that uh, after the third time I was paralyzed, I'll be able to recover and walk again. 
But uh, I told him that I would not know how the operation would go. And uh, the thing is, I will recover. I don't know how long it will take or if it will even happen in the next 10 years or or ever. Mm. That's the thing. That's the, the huge uncertainty with incomplete spinal injuries. The thing is that it may or it may not recover within your lifetime. For him, like with the typical um, Asian uh, stereotype is that they want this presentability. They want this superficial image that everything is good, everything is okay. And and I told him that I don't know how long it will take, but if you want to wait, you can wait. But this waiting eventually wore us out. Every time he met me, he'll be like, can you walk now? Are you trying hard enough? That's very, it, that's a bit emotionally taxing. Yeah. It was very Abusive. draining. Yeah. Yeah. And no, the thing is, we wanted to settle down. And to, for, for him, his criteria is that he wanted me to walk down the aisle. Mm. I told him that it may not be possible. And every time he met me, he just kept asking. And it just really wore me out. After I broke out, I actually went back to study my degree. Mm. Then now that my uh, studies is over, so I'm starting to revisit uh, this dating thing again. Mm. And I actually caught all the dating agencies in Singapore. I actually just googled dating agencies in Singapore. And I just like, went one by one and I contacted all of them. Mm-hmm. And, I, it, it, and uh, I got declined by all of them. <laughs> yeah, long story short, yes. All of them declined to take me in as a client. Mm. What was the reason? One of them actually told me that um, they have to be transparent mm. and honest with the, the other party. Mm. And both sides have to agree. And the more shocking one that I got is that... Um, it's a company policy that they will not accept disabled people. That's mm. flat out to me. It's a company policy. Uh, it's a company rule. And, and uh, I said, so I actually just probe further. Like, uh, why do you have such a rule that you cannot take in a disabled client? Because disabled client can also date and meet people. And she told me, oh, this is actually uh, the government, the SDN set this rule. Wow. So I there's actually a that. systematic discrimination. I did, I, I, I didn't think, know that. I think if 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 they, if they have like a platform like this, it should be open to like everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah so like, they actually flat this. out declined because they told me to get this uh, uh accreditation. Yeah. The SDN accreditation. They have to decline or anyone with a disability. Interesting. Interesting. But were you outraged? Were you like? Yeah. Like, why would you decline me? It's not like I'm. I'm not willing to pay. I'm a. I'm a willing a, a, a customer to pay for your services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, they declined me, so okay. Mm. Kind of pissed off. Mm. Should have actually probed for that and go ask SDN. I don't think it should be like that. It should be open to just everyone because I'm sure like... No, no, it, it is open. The other two dating agencies told me that they'll be willing, but it'd be uh, one of them actually uh, difficult to find a match because one of them actually uh, uh, told me that they did take in a wheelchair user client last time and it did not work out because they couldn't find a match for her. But how has your experience with like dating apps been like? I mean Oh uh, dating app. Uh, initially I didn't put uh uh that I was on a wheelchair. So the moment people uh I told them oh, I'm a wheelchair user, would you mind that? So 
the most common question I ask is like, can you still have sex? Like they flat out ask you. Yeah, a, a lot of guys actually. That's the that's like the number one uh FAQ most commonly asked question. Wow. <laughs> so when when you when you say when you tell them yes and you debunk those myths, right? They're like, yeah. Oh, okay, just asking. Is it like? Oh, uh, then after after that, they 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 like either ghost me and say, hmm, maybe that's not what I'm looking for. Mm. That's not the kind of relationship I'm looking for. But have you been on like dates with any of them? Yeah, I've been on four. Okay. And um, uh, so two of them ghosted me after. Okay. One of them I ghosted him because he's really really weird. Okay. And one of them um, we really clicked, but our life goals has been aligned. Mm. He just wanted to be continue continue being friends. I told him like that's not what I'm looking for. So I should continue my search then. So yeah. would you say that like it is optimistic like the future for for you? Uh, optimistic. Yes, but also a reason for me to think that if I'm still single 10 years later, it won't be for the lack of effort. Mm. Mm. Okay, it was very interesting. So were the dates fun? Yeah, fun. Of course. I can, it's like, it's like harvesting the gossip. So. <laughs> I mean, what did you all do? Like, yeah. Uh, usually I will meet at a restaurant and dine. Mm. That is so interesting. Mm. I want to know, so like, like, do you feel like moments of like loneliness sometimes or like that you crave a companion or that, you know, you want to have like a intimate relationship with a partner? Because I mean, I, these are very normal feelings that like I'm, I feel and I'm, I'm sure that like my friends feel as well. And I'm, and I'm wondering if these are things that you guys feel as well and how you would overcome them. For me, I think because I was in a relationship right before, like my accident, a lot, it was... It was too much for me because it was, it was not a very good relationship. So I guess because of that, I have not like wanted to get into anything after because I'm still like exploring everything to do with my body right now. I'm just 23, so I'm still exploring and I'm not sure what I want. But yeah, I don't think I'm in a place where I'm looking for you know, like a companion because I mm. I love the whole independent feeling that I'm having right now because I was in a very like abusive relationship before my accident. So I guess it's it's something I don't want to go back to. Mm-hmm. So if I happen to find someone who's willing to understand my body and be with me for who I am and not looking at the whole wheelchair situation, then definitely I'd like explore it yeah okay actually for me i do believe still believe in finding companionship and intimacy but i will not settle for something that will not give me happiness i still feel like i deserve happiness if i were in if i were in a relationship because i've seen other disabled uh, counterparts who actually they settled for someone who was abusive who who uh, cheats on them and because they feel so desperate if that they do not accept this um, horrible person, this cheater, this liar, they will not be able to find someone else. So they will just like take whatever they can get. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe yeah. in settling for for something that that is like a lifetime of unhappiness. Yeah, and I think a lot of I people... Yeah, and I think a lot of people also think that, you know disabled people just 
do so desperately want to be in a relationship and like just want to be in all of that but i guess we don't want to just be in it because you know we're desperate yeah. but i think we we deserve that level of respect and yeah. i think we want that too yeah. like first i mean our generation we think this way regardless of our disability i guess we should only be with people who like respect us and values mm-hmm. for who we are mm-hmm. i guess it should be like that like it's the same for able and disabled people i'm sure a lot of disabled people want that but there are some who probably don't want any of that mm. if okay. i can find someone then yeah sure why not if not then i will just be um, a happy cat lady <gasps> You have a cat? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Damn. That's I, what she's working towards. Like, okay, it's either okay. a cat or a man. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that could happen. Get a guy who get you a cat, I guess. Buddy. Yeah, but I think those all are just very, like, normal 23-year-old things exactly. where I'm like, hey, no, it yeah. can wait. Yeah. I want to do my own thing first. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but like guys need better pickup lines than you're very good looking for someone in a wheelchair. You know there was someone line. who even messaged me saying you're like a snack on wheels and I was like dude. <laughs> that was a new fun. That was funny. Why do I get that? It's funny but like uh... I get so many like marriage proposals and all of that on Instagram, you know, they're like even though you're in a wheelchair, I'll take care of you. I'll do this for you. I'll do everything. For you. I, I'll wait a few more months and then get into this whole dating thing. Dating thing. It's, I don't know. It's just not Maybe sure you should like find yourself first. Because if you go into a relationship, you must know what you're looking for. Yeah, I don't know what I'm looking yeah, for. So I don't you have think to look I, for yourself first. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's just normal when normal people just like able-bodied people. That's the whole point of this. Like, it is. That's the message we need to be spreading. Not that hey, we we are desperate to look for like a relationship. I'm normal. You're an able-bodied person. You're probably still like exploring what you want to well. do. Yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> it is like that. I guess. Well, people just exploring. It shouldn't be like different for disabled and able mm-hmm. body people yeah but i do hope that people would instead of just like just swiping mindlessly i should i guess they should like re-examine what biases they have mm. it's, it's a package of like self-awareness mm. you do not know if you don't know what you're biased against you wouldn't know uh why you're acting that way mm. and i think Going, uh, listening, uh, into conversations, volunteering. Uh, I'm I'm a huge advocate for volunteering, because you actually meet people on the ground. You meet the community. When you're self-aware, you actually act better. You're a better person. Mm. Yeah, that's what I feel. Agree. What? I think that was very insightful and very nice. Thanks for sharing. Nice. Thank you. We're done. Thanks a lot. for having us. We're done. We're done. Cut. Can the AC be on? I find Zora and Liang Le incredibly cool. I had such an amazing time chatting with them. Really hope they want to be my friend. 
If you guys felt inspired or amazed by their story and their resilience, and you want to show some support for persons in their communities, you can do so by visiting our friends over at Will and Well. Head over to their page willandwell.com forward slash pages forward slash be the difference to donate to their cause. Or you can also check out our episode description for the link. As mentioned, our friends at Kenasme by OGS are doing a similar episode to this one, so do check that out when they launch in mid-September. Chat with me at Something Private Pod on Instagram and Facebook, or drop me an email at Nicole at somethingprivate.fm. Love you guys! Thank you for listening. We are launching a YouTube channel with the entire podcast episode filmed and shown live really, really soon. So do stay tuned to our social media pages to find out more.